0: From the Tag Creative Group Studios, Toyota presents the Pro Hockey West Report. The Pro Hockey West Report is brought to you by the Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas's best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, the Valley's experts for all things hockey. Find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at TheSpaghettiShack.com. Top Golf. Go to topgolf.com to play the world's greatest golf courses and more, all in one place. Jets Pizza. With over 400 locations in 20 states, better pizza because it has to be. Find a location near you at jetspizza.com. By Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community. Finlay in Henderson, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, Peterson in Fort Collins, Colorado, and Desert Toyota in Tucson. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world at Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report, presented by Toyota, is a part of the Ice Hockey West dot com network. From the tag creative group studios, here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh.
1: All right. Well, welcome in hockey fans. Anywhere you may be listening to us. This afternoon on a beautiful, sunshiny day, Scott Strandy with you, uh, just uh, 17 floors above the Colorado River in Laughlin, Nevada. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh, joining me from that beautiful, vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, welcome to the new Pro Hockey West Report, the Pro Hockey West Report. How are you?
2: This is the new, new version of the Pro Hockey West Report, right?
1: Yeah, something like that. But uh, this is for real, my friend, because we've been tabling and dabbling and doing a few things to find out what would be best uh, for us. We believe, or I believe at least, this is the best way to go uh, to uh, get things going so we can do a weekly podcast every Thursday covering the American Hockey League. We'll also touch, of course, on the NHL and uh, your exploits as you uh, roll through the <laughs> Playoffs with the Vegas oh, Golden Knights. So can't wait. we got we got lots of stuff to talk about. Um, so before we get sh- into that, sh-
2: should I should I off the hop? Should I thank the Silver Knights for not even participating in the AHL playoffs? So I can be full <laughs> the Golden Knights. No, playoff, right? no, you should not. <laughs> no, and
1: and really, you should turn your mic off and slap yourself for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um we'll get into uh the AHL because that's primarily what right. we're covering here uh but as we uh have been doing all year long, you've been a mainstay at uh, Vegas Golden Knights stuff too, so we'll have some of that. We'll talk about the NHL playoffs especially as things move on uh, there is some well, news that just broke today from the Colorado Avalanche, which uh we'll get to in just we'll a have minute. to
2: talk we'll have to talk about the wolf of Calgary too, who, who had his uh, big night last night.
1: NHL debut, yes. We'll uh, we'll get into that. Here I am
2: using nicknames. That's not. This isn't good. You're the nickname guy.
1: I do like this one though. This he
2: was, he used to be the Wolf of Stockton. Now he's the Wolf of Calgary.
1: Because you of love TV. that, right? He used to be the Wolf of Wall Street. Now he's the Wolf of. Uh, Stockton, and then Wolf of Calgary. So yeah, you're right. Uh, Dustin Wolf did get it started. We'll talk about that in a minute. I did want to start off, though, Stephen, by explaining to our listeners what this podcast is all about and what we're going to attempt to do over the next, uh, I don't know, 40 years. How about that? (laughs) Wow, that's that's (laughs) ambitious of you. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the Pro Hockey West Report is the only media outlet to cover the entire Pacific Division exclusively Uh, of the american hockey league which we're proud to do we're proud to be there and see the teams and do all the things so this podcast is going to be a weekly feature show where uh, we'll work on getting guests players coaches um, uh, radio guys whoever whoever we can get and it'll be a year-round show just like our other podcast because uh, hockey doesn't stop maybe the games end uh, but the transactions continue the off-season stuff continues the draft continues then it's training camp. And then, you know, it just goes on and on and on. You've got development
2: camps in the summertime.
1: It development camps in the summertime. Yep. Uh So we'll, we'll continue it on and we'll continue to, to probe. Our focus is, is, is uh, feature stuff. So we'll look in like tonight. I do have uh, uh, a few comments from the last time I was over in uh, Palm Springs and Coachella Valley was playing just to get a feel for what that's been like. Cause uh, very similar to the Vegas Golden Knights, Stephen, in the fact that they played the entire season and uh, it, their inaugural season, and they and they finished near the top. They might very well finish in the top spot. Yeah, and it's not
2: decided, though. It's not decided yet. Uh, it comes down to Game 82, uh, whether that'll that will happen. Uh, of course, that happens tonight as we were recording this on Thursday afternoon, so it hasn't happened yet, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be... I
1: what's going on with my headphones again, but they're... Uh... They're messing up on me, so um, I didn't hear what you said, but go ahead. Probably nothing important.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was just saying that, yeah, so the Golden Knights uh, have a big game. It's game 82. It hasn't been decided yet who is winning the division because Edmonton's been really good, and and Golden Knights have been playing really well, and and uh, and Colorado, too, is still in the mix. There's some things that can happen for them to— they got two games left that they can still get the top spot, I think. So yeah, it's in the Western conference. So it still hasn't been decided. So I, I think it just kind of was the way this year was kind of going. It just seemed like it was going to come down to game 82. So that's what it's going to be uh, tonight when the, and tomorrow for the abs that going to decide, decide what the matchups are going to be, who's going to finish where and, and how that's going to shake out.
1: Same thing in the AHL. It's going to come. I down knew to game you. That's, 72. I knew that's where you were getting to. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be game 72 because Coachella Valley and uh Calgary are battling out right now to see who finishes first and gets that all-important. Well, and that's the thing. I asked uh, I asked Coach Bilesma about that. I said, uh, is it important to get that number one seed in the buy?" He goes, you know, I don't know. Because he said, it. it you know, you play to win. That's what you do. Her, Herm Edwards said that. You play to win the game. In this case, you play to win the conference. You play to win the division. You play to win the, the Calder Cup. but." It it you know it's a it's a two game or three best of three opening round series. So if you're on a roll, do you really want to sit out three games, or would you rather just get into playoff mode and get it going?
2: Yeah, that that is the big thing. Uh, it didn't affect uh, Stockton last year, which of course is Calgary this year, and they're at the top again. But currently, but uh, you know, I think it's it's interesting. You talked about Coach Bosma and. You know this will be a new experience for him because he's obviously had a lot. He's had some time in the well, he's had some time in the Hockey League before, but then he, of course spent a lot of time with the Penguins, and now he's back in the American Hockey League with with the with Coachella Valley in their first season in the Seattle organization. So, uh, but this is a new thing. These best of three things in this first round. They they expanded it. I think this playoff format. Maybe uh, I don't know, I'm sure Maybe it was a after COVID thing, or if they had this already worked out before the pandemic. If they were well, I think it had been because more teams came in came in, in the last few years. So um, I, it gives more teams a chance to be in a playoff environment. I think that was the idea behind it. That's why a lot of these divisions, uh, especially like in the West, there's ten teams. Seven of them technically get a playoff uh, get into the playoffs because it is playoff hockey. And so a way to do that, but not extend the playoffs out too much, is make these first round kind of like best of threes. Um, so that's the case, and the other case about it too is the travel on it. Uh, depending on I think that, and I think this is the case this year, uh, but maybe it's changed. I think last year, uh, I think it's to cut down on budget, and uh, maybe it was still COVID stuff. This year, I think maybe there's a little bit more. it Will be a back and forth thing. I don't know yet. I don't know that for sure. But but if it's like it was last year, most most likely the the series will all be in one city. Obviously, the team that has the better seed, uh, even though. Maybe game two, the the other team would beat the, technically the home team, but it'll still be in the in the same rink. Then, uh, so that that could be a thing again too. So that's important too. If you're a, teams two and three and four, and 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 the series are gonna be that way. I mean, if you if the if the two teams are fairly close to each other, you might be able to back and forth between them. But they want to get these series done pretty quickly. I remember last year's when I was when we had um, Henderson Colorado series. Um, you know, that was like over in a flash you know you have it's basically like playing another week of games because you know a lot of times throughout the AHL regular season you are playing a a three-game series in a tech where you have like a day in between and then you're you might be playing a team three times in a row in in the season or it's at least two times in in, where you spend a weekend in a city it's kind of kind of almost that way it was just kind of like an extension of the regular season by a week but it was playoff playoff hockey And, and so that's that'll happen so after you know next week you know three teams will be gone and then you'll you'll just be down to four teams so I mean it and then it'll kind of really get going, but yeah, it's going to be, uh it's going to be exciting. But yeah, I mean, I, I, as far as being on a roll, yeah, I think you'd rather just keep going. I think you'd rather just keep going. And so for the whoever finishes in that top spot, um, they will be off for a couple of days, but I don't think it's as big of a thing because this, these, like I said, these series are so quick that you're almost kind of, so maybe you are, you'd rather just have the rest. You almost would get that kind of gap in between a, a playoff series starting. So um, but then you get a team that's already kind of been playing some playoff hockey and kind of rolling in. So uh, I guess it could go both ways. But I, I don't really think it makes that big of a difference just because these series do go by so quick and then they get right into the next round. There's not as big of a of a gap in between these three-game series and when the next round begins.
1: Well, let me, let me throw out a couple of things. You're correct. It is a very quick series. I don't know if you've seen it, but the schedule is set up. Uh, I at least saw Colorado's schedule. They play Wednesday and then Friday and Saturday if necessary. And they're so, all going
2: be they're all going to be there in Colorado, right? Correct.
1: Yeah so it'll be the uh, there was a big advantage to uh, not only winning the yeah. division but also to like you said to be one, two and three where you're gonna get the home ice because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is quick. it is uh, you know you're like let's, let's just play devil's advocate here. Let's say Coachella Valley is the number two seed. they would have Tucson coming to uh, Palm Springs, Palm Desert and uh, it would be a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday or Saturday if necessary, um, and then it will be on to the next round. Um, now for us, it, it's going to be really interesting because right now um, how, as we look at it, two of the four teams in the top four are uh, the Wranglers from Calgary and the Canucks from Abbotsford, so two Canadian cities. So if these advance past the first round and things go chalkwise, we'll get another round um, you know, in Colorado, and another round. Uh, well, you know that's not guaranteed. Well, it'd be some games in Colorado, well, some in Coachella Valley, but there's going to be a good up. A really, well, good it possibility could be. It could be once in Canada, right?
2: Yeah, once there's would be just in Canada. If if it stays, if if one through four end up moving on, we'll get one would we'll get a bye. But then if the two, three, and four win their matchups, then it will go one and four will play each other, and two and three. But one and f- one right now would be Calgary. Number four would be Abbotsford. So that's going to be an all-Canadian series. That should The travel on that won't be too bad, though. Calgary. No, no uh,
1: Calgary. but here, here, here's your if. Number one is if Abbotsford stays third right. and Calgary stays one. Yeah, there's still one. a big Because right now there's two games to go, and, yeah. and it could go either way. So that would be interesting. On and only, and the there's go- only
2: one-point gaps in between those teams, too. Calgary right now at 104. Coachella Valley at 103. And then Colorado for third right now at 86, and Abbotsford at 85. So it's very tight between Rich. one and two, and three and four.
1: Absolutely correct. And and for us, we will not be going this year to Canada for coverage. So that means uh, we need some games and some teams to win and keep the play happening down here in the. Uh, of course, we'll keep track of everything and still have it all and clips on our show and all all that thing we do because you know I try to record them as you know and then. We'll play them like right now. I've got uh, Dan Bilesma and Chris Drieger that I thought we'd hear some comments from. Again, this is from about two weeks ago when they uh, they uh, defeated the uh, um, the Barracuda. Um, so just to kind of get a feel, but here's Dan Bilesma first and his thoughts on, uh, on how they've won games this year and just the uh, overall play of their team this season. Congratulations on a nice win tonight. It was uh, another way to find a win, right?
3: Another way. We have uh, we're starting to exhaust the possible ways to (laughs) to get a win, but uh, guys stuck with it all night, and guys hung with it. I think we were you know, for a lot of the game, we were um, outplaying them, playing them the way we want. They, They got, you know, two quick goals, I think, on their fifth and sixth or sixth and seventh shot, and now you find yourself down in the game and uh the guys kept playing kept battling big power play goal for us uh in the third period when we needed it and (laughs) Uh, now it's back-to-back games but we we scratched a a a third goal out there to get up three two and uh allowed one late there in the six on five five on six and, and they got even so it was a it felt like a playoff game.
1: You've known all season that you're gonna have a big week at home to finish off the regular season. Uh, how do you prepare for it? How do you get the guys ready for it? This is a lot of games and just a few games, or a few days, I should say.
3: Well, I think, you know, it's, it's been a long journey and there's been different stories and different parts of the journey. We've had 22 games away from, from here to start the season. So we had uh, a lot of work ahead of us uh, at the beginning of the season on the road and and our guys accepted the challenge and, and did a great job with it and then Getting to this building you you You, you want to make it a hard place to play a place where that other uh, teams know they come into here They're not gonna they're not gonna get a win and and uh, our guys have done that um, a, a great job of that and, and since the first of the year when we've really kind of had a home schedule um, and, and this is the time of the year where the home schedule comes into big favor for you. And, and uh, we've won a lot of games here. And uh, I think every team knows they're coming in here. They're going to get, we're uh, going to get a handful and, and it's partially our players, partially our fans, partially the building. And, but uh, I think uh, we've been able to do that and, and we've got to cash it on.
1: All right. There's a, a quick comment from uh, coach Biles. Steven, your thoughts on uh on what you heard from coach and uh, um, just his thoughts on how important uh, Akershire arena has become a lot like uh, T-Mobile arena, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, you've been there. I mean, you've been to Akershire, so
2: you have more of a firsthand account there about that environment there. But uh, obviously they started the season with a lot of road games because it wasn't ready to go. But since they've been able to move in there and have games there, it's become quite a a good home ice advantage for them there. And I think that's going to be important for them as they go into the postseason. To have that, um, they have they get good crowds f- from what I see on, on most nights, and and it's uh, it's, a, it's a great place for a game. And then I think they they really feed off the home crowd, and and uh, I think that's really good. Even if they don't play their best, they, they're able to feed off the, the the home crowd and be able to get back into these games. Uh, they haven't lost too many games at, at home uh, this year, certainly. So. Um, that's gonna bode well. That's why I think they want to finish in that one spot, um, so they could have at least the first. Uh, then they'll get a bye to the second round, but at least have more home games than not. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a great uh, it's been a great first year for for Coachella Valley here in the Pacific Division, and and Akersher is another great uh, rink that opened up, and it's it's a great place for for games. Just like a lot of the teams here have have come to come to have great. Home environments. I, it's really. It seems like it's really tough in general to win on the road in the in the American Hockey League. The, every 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 environment, it's it, they really have a good home home ice advantage for the most part. I mean, I mean, it's tough for people to come into Henderson and win here. It's tough for people to go to currently Colorado and have to deal with that with a lot of the components there and 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 win there and Bakersfield and and uh, Calgary as well and and uh, you know and all these other places. Ontario is, is normally can out has a good, good home record. So it's, it's, it's different than the NHL where I think it's a little bit, I mean, yeah, the home team usually does pretty well in the NHL, but it's a little bit teams. It's not as big of a deal to have the home, a home advantage advantage because it seems like teams can win anywhere, but the AHL, it seems like it really does make more of a difference uh, when you're at home than when you're away.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, let's hear a few words from uh goaltender, Chris Drager. Who uh, has been? Uh, I guess you call it rehabbing uh, in uh, in Coachella Valley, but playing some really good hockey. And he'll tell you he's happy to be back. Thoughts tonight, on uh, how this one uh, played out and uh, how you hung in there all the way to the
3: very end. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those games where your team's playing great, the other boy's standing on his head, and uh, for the first. 25 minutes, I didn't have a whole lot of action. So uh, I was just trying to stay in it mentally. Then they scored two kind of quick ones. And uh, yeah, just trying to stay in and, and be calm. Um, you know, I thought we could have won that game, you know, pretty handily uh, if uh, Dell wasn't standing on his head over there. So um, just trying to give my team a chance to win and and do my best to stay in there.
1: Your thoughts first in overtime, what you, what's your strategy in overtime?
3: Uh, keep the puck out of the net. <laughs> Uh, how about in the shootout, same thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much same. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's a mental, it's a mental thing. You want to just keep, I mean, you want to give your team a chance and stay, stay calm, collected and just take it like every other save of the game. So uh, if you want the pressure get to you, sometimes you can do some silly stuff. So just try to keep, keep it steady Eddie in there.
1: Are you surprised at all at how good this team is playing?
3: Um, well, I looked in the locker room and full studs, so um, <laughs> not too much of a surprise there
1: and your thoughts just being healthy and getting a chance to uh, battle back in that again yeah it's fun I mean uh it's killing me where being, being hurt for that long uh never had to deal with something like that so it was tough uh put a lot of work and it's, it's nice to finally be you know game game shape playing games getting wins and uh was enjoying it. so there you go Chris Drieger uh having a little fun with me when I asked him uh what he, what a strategy was in overtime. Yeah. You're
2: really asking the (laughs) hard hitting questions there.
1: (laughs) My, my thought was, was to have a little fun with them, but also to, you know, me, I I mean, if I don't do an interview and the guy doesn't laugh or smile, uh, I'm not doing my job. So, um, I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to find out if he had any strategies like, you know, I do this, this, or I have any superstitions in overtime or whatever, but nope, he said, just keep the puck out of the net. That's all that matters. Um, of course, he's NHL quality goaltender. He he was with the uh, the Kraken last year until his injury this year, and uh, now rehabbing. He he's thrilled to be. Back. He told me it was the real uh, first time he'd been in an injury situation. So, Chris uh, Drager making his mark. Of course, Joey Decord uh, has been the number one goaltender there for most of the year, and uh, that should make some sort of tandem uh, when we get to the playoff matchups or Pacific Division matchups, if you will, or potential matchups. There are some names that are popping up, Stephen, and I know you saw this one. One um, Shane Wright is coming back or has arrived back uh, as part of the uh, Coachella Valley roster.
2: Yeah, Shane Wright is coming back to Coachella Valley. He obviously was with them for a little bit this year uh, between the cracking and then and then spending some time in Coachella Valley before he went and went back to his junior team and, and played up there. They're, that season's over with now, so he has Rejoin Kajala Valley, so that ought to be, be good. Uh, you know, the, well, the other thing that you keep in factor uh, with some of these uh, teams, too, is if the NHL, which we talk about, you know, the connection here between the AHL and the NHL, some of these teams might have not have some of their guys for the uh, AHL postseason because they might be up with the uh, NHL clubs, whether they're on the roster or whether they're just going to be going to be Extras if they're gonna need them, Taxi some extras, squad, practice some squad, extras. Guys. I mean, I asked yep. I asked Bruce Cassie about that yesterday about the Golden Knights and what they're gonna do, and they're not really sure exactly, but they're basically gonna have you know the few guys. But that's a different case with Henderson because there won't be any playoffs for them, so there's not like they're gonna have playoff games, you know, between that and, and that. But you know, it's gonna be you know, obviously the players will stay and play with the playoff teams because basically you want them to play in those kind of environments instead of just maybe skating around with the NHL team. Uh, but there'll probably, you know, there might be some teams that will be without some of their, uh, their guys as to go into the playoffs. I mean, although you look at, uh, you look at Tucson though, they're not going to have, uh, you know, they're probably going to get some guys back because the, the coyote season will be over. And so they'll probably get like a uh, back. They'll get some of these other guys that have been up with the coyotes the last little bit here and getting some games up there. So yeah, that's the other thing too, is some of these teams like Tucson that got hung in there and got in Ontario, uh, Bakersfield, um, you know they might get some players back, maybe as the big clubs get get geared up for the playoffs and get back into the playoff form. But you also might lose some guys to the NHL clubs as, as some of these teams play in the NHL. Plus, Calgary Wranglers don't have playoffs, or the Calgary Flames don't have playoffs. So the Calgary Wranglers, you know, they'll get their their people back that maybe were up with Calgary the last couple of games or so. So that that always makes a difference too when you when you're a playoff team in the AHL because again, remember the AHL it's it's, it's a lot. It's always a lot about development obviously you, you like to win too and, and and part of the development is playing these guys in these situations in these playoff type games and uh certainly the call to cup playoffs is, will, will be that but uh there's always going to be interesting with some of some of the roster makeups of these teams and and who can play and stuff who who qualifies to play and all that stuff if if a person just came and joined the team i think recently then then they're not eligible and there's there's sort of those factors too so
1: yeah, that's a, that's a good point, and we seen, have seen over the last month or so a lot of uh, uh, college players uh, choosing to uh, forego their college career or maybe just move on to their NHL slash AHL teams as they begin their professional careers. So a lot of new faces popping up all over the place in the AHL, but a lot of them, Stephen, are familiar to us, or at least to me, because I see a lot of these NCAA guys and have seen them for a few years. So, uh, you know, a few guys like Magnus Corona, Signing on with the uh, San Jose Sharks. Um, I think the Ontario Rain uh, picked up um, uh, Mr. Portillo, the uh, <laughs> the goaltender from Michigan. That's not a bad pickup. We mentioned Shane Wright coming up with the Coachella Valley, and uh, you know other players signing here and there. So they're all over the place. Um, the frustrating part, and, and you you made a joke about this, but I know you're serious. You weren't serious. Um, having Henderson out of it is kind of a bummer because uh that's right in your backyard and the opportunity to uh to watch them go but it's been a rough year for Henderson hasn't it 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 has been a rough year for them
2: uh i think there's there's some different factors to that i think obviously it depends too on the on the depth that you have in your organization and that's been tested at times because there's been periods where a lot of their really the roster had a hard time staying together and which is, which can happen in an AHL team, but it seems like with Henderson more so because, you know, there was a period of time where a lot of golden Knights were getting injured. And so there was ups from the, the AHL players. And then, uh, then they got hurt or, or a- the AHL players, some of them got injured. So you were calling players up from the ECHL or just kind of uh, scrambling to get, get players like that. And, and it's it has been kind of a, a rough year. They've they played better lately, but they had such a rough start to the season. I really, really did them in, I think. Um, if you look at their record probably over the last couple of months, it hasn't been ter- terrible. It's prob- probably been pretty respectable. But they've really had a rough first couple of seasons. And and even though we talk about how your play in October, November doesn't win you a, a cup, in this case a Calder Cup, it certainly could dig yourself a hole. and I, And they did that real early on, I think. They really had a hard time winning games early going. They finally kind of got going a little bit as the season moved on and, and didn't have as many call-ups. But, you know, it's been kind of a revolving door a little bit. There's been – I mean, it, but you look at you look at the success of, of people like Dora who's up with the Golden Knights right now. You look at, uh, you know, Braden Bahal's been called up. Caden uh, Korzak's up there right now. You look at uh, – you look at Yuri Patera got a couple of starts at the big club, in the NHL. Uh, you look at other players – They've come up for a couple of games here and there uh, this year. So I that, that is what it's about. Uh, and so, yes, you'd, you'd love to be in the playoffs. Uh, but there's been some success stories with the Henderson Silver Knights this year. Dorfell being the one kind of standout one that's been real impressive. It seems like he's really had a breakout year. And, uh, of course, it was really good last year, but this year too. And, and he's got an opportunity with the Golden Knights. And, and we'll see where he'll fit in the playoff picture some of those guys get back healthy up there. but. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's been kind of a a rough go at it for them this year, and you know, and and, and this kind of shows you kind of the the depth of the, the organization. And I think we've kind of seen the Golden Knights go so much in on some of these high uh, prized players, you know, so to speak. These these really good skilled players that they've gotten on that they've Hold added to minute. their what,
1: roster. Vegas has skilled players on their <laughs> roster. Well, <Anyway>. I, yes, <laughs> <I know>. yes, <laughs> well, yes. No, just a few.
2: Just a few. <laughs> Yeah, and, good, and and good were, and
1: but the but the but the,
2: the the flip side of that is that a lot of times you have to give up a lot to get those guys and they've done that over the last couple of seasons with giving up uh picks and and some of their their prospects that maybe were highly uh prized in their organization like a Peyton Krebs or or uh this year they gave up uh, you know some other, some other guys too that maybe weren't going to be NHL. So it it's just it's just kind of so but you know those are guys that you could have had in your AHL team that were really good but you know they're getting opportunities elsewhere. You know they lost Jake LeCision this year. You know, so they, some of the guys that were with the team last couple of years haven't been really with the big club this year or haven't been with the the Silver Knights this year. And I think all that just kind of kind of factored in and it was just kind of hard for them to kind of get into a, a flow. You know, it's, it's kind of strange because it's like this year they, d- they did really good matchups well with with Calgary and, and Coachella Valley. You know, even though they only won a couple of games against Coachella Valley, most of those games were pretty close, a couple of shootout games and that uh Calgary they did really well with it, uh this year which, which was the case last year when they were stocked and they did pretty good with them but then they couldn't really beat the teams that were are not in the playoffs right now they've struggled again with San Diego this year for the most part uh San Jose they they had kind of even though they this is like, it's like the first year they've really kind of struggled with San Jose this year as San Jose is a team that's not in the playoffs another team so and uh you know and to, and Bakersfield it's still been kind of a, a bug on their side although they they won a couple of games with them at home, but they've struggled with Bakersfield again. You know, that you can't, if you're not going to win those games It's tough to get into the playoffs. And I mean, you look at the silver Knights right now, they're 59 points. So six points behind uh, the, 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 t- the, the last team that is going to be in Tucson right now. And so you, that's a difference of five or six games and you'd be talking about a playoff, uh playoff. So that just shows you, you know, you, you look at here and there, if you could have gotten five more wins and, and there was periods of time where they were on a stretch where they've won beaten the really good teams like like a color at colorado i think they, then they went to calgary won a couple games or they they beat calgary at home a couple times and you think okay well now they're putting a run but then they have a stretch okay you look at they had stretches with like san jose uh san diego and you think okay well this they should be they got to win these games and then they couldn't win they went like one and four against <laughs> teams that were at the bottom and that that just dug them further back so well it, you know
1: and and that's the same thing with the other two teams. And then I promise we'll go to a break here. But um, the other two teams that didn't make the playoffs, the San Diego Gulls and the uh, San Jose Barracuda. Um, man, it took San Diego forever, it seemed, to finally get things under control and start um, winning some hockey games. Well, they had
2: a roster uh, shuffle around too this year. Uh, they did, especially with yep. the Ducks being a, a team that was really bad, you know. And so there were always a lot of roster shuffling there. So that it's tough. It really
1: is. It's the same thing with the uh, Barracuda. I mean, they uh, they struggled too to get things together because their parent club, the uh, the Sharks, were struggling and uh, were using some of their guys either because of need or experimentation or trying to find the right the right buttons to push. So in the AHL, and I think that's something we'll talk about all year long. Is um, it really is tied closely to the NHL club and how they're faring. So. Anyway, and it's more both. and it's
2: and it's it's got more on that. It is more like that now than maybe it, used to, be. it used to be, especially before these teams out West before the league came out West. And these teams, maybe some teams, some some of these teams had dual affiliations. So you kind of had to you kind of had two. But now <laughs> right. they've really tried to align where they the AHL. Each team has like one affiliation. There might be some that, that maybe can dabble with two. Not to say you can't take players from other teams. But but, you know, each team is kind of tied to one. And and most of these teams now are pretty tied closely geographically with their nhl team too which has really made a difference and and again we talk about the importance of of yes you want to have success and at whatever level you are playing at the ahl and stuff but it is all about making sure that when the time comes that the players are ready to go to the nhl team when called upon and so that that's the case i mean with san diego and stuff the fact that the guys got opportunities up at the big club and and are getting a look up there that's not a bad thing that's a good thing to see where they are and And uh, if that means, you know, unfortunately the downside of that is that maybe you you don't have a consistent roster at the AHL level, but uh, obviously ideally the ducks would love to be in a position where they can contend for, for a playoff positioning. And so there would be less fluidity like that. But if you have that opportunity, you have the opportunity to see what you have. Um, So it's, 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 it's the thing with the AHL. It's yes, you want to win and you want to say you're a champion at the AHL, but also be cognizant too. It is a developmental league to, to help your big club out when, with your, the future of your clubs in a lot of cases with these guys that might end up on teams, whether it's that team or they get eventually get traded away. As we've seen with the Golden Knights do, they trade, and other teams do, they trade away some of their top prospects to get really good players and uh, as, as use them as assets. So that, that's the the important part of it too.
1: Okay, let's do this. Uh, we talked about the three teams now that did not make the playoffs. So let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's talk about the teams that are in the Pacific Division playoffs we'll talk about the potential matchups if they started today which we know they won't because they have two more games to play friday and saturday uh to get to their 72 game uh, regular season schedule and get it concluded so when we come back we'll break down uh, what we see right now so homework steven put those uh, matchups together for us okay (laughs) i'm working on it as we speak (laughs) all right we'll be right back
0: When you talk about the best of las vegas you're talking about the best of the best so when you're jesse ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the best of las vegas award that speaks for itself whether it's the original location at 5611 south Valley View boulevard in las vegas or the new location at 308 north boulder highway in henderson come and savor our people's choice award-winning barbecue ribs or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today.
1: All right. and Welcome in, hockey fans, because uh, we have a new sponsor. We have a new studio partner, the Tag Creative Group. You can find them on redbubble.com. You can find all of their new creative items in uh, any form that you want, whether it's a sticker, a T-shirt, a mask, if you're still into wearing masks right now after the pandemic. You can find a number of different uh, great one-of-a-kind designs. You can also find all the stuff for Ice Time Hockey West. All you have to do is get on to redbubble.com and search T. Granrud, which is T-R-T-G-R-A-N-R-U-D at redbubble.com. You can also search, I believe, Ice Time Hockey West and find all the designs, order them, get your T-shirts, get everything ready for the playoffs. We're working on new designs all the time to uh, to keep up with what's going on. So we recommend that you get there, check it out. Redbubble.com, it's the tag creative group.
0: after a hard day at work or a long week what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease at the spaghetti shack we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else the spaghetti shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs the classic italian comfort food to a portable level asu alumni owned and operated the spaghetti shack is located at 6340 south rural road in tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering, as well, call us at 480 687 2485 or order online at thespaghetti shack.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said It's been running through my head Locked and loaded Still got it Still
3: got it Who's old now?
0: My THSW podcast. This is the Pro Hockey West Report.
1: All right, welcome back in. Yes, it is the new Pro Hockey, the Pro Hockey West Report. Easy for me to say as I'm uh, on my fifth day of podcasting in a row. I got to get used to this. Even five days in a row. Scott Strandy with you uh, here, high above the Colorado River, which we're another beautiful, warm, sunny day as things are starting to get to that time of year where people head out to the river and enjoy the. Uh, crystal clear water of the Colorado River. You should have um, done the
2: show on the river. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got plenty of time. I had plenty of time to do it on the river. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, we're talking AHL hockey. We're talking NHL hockey. I want to tell you about some breaking news that just came across in the NHL. Um, Gabriel Landeskog, the captain for the Avalanche, is out for the playoffs with a knee injury. Um, that, I, my friends, is going to be painful. Uh, not only for him, but for... Uh, the entire avalanche roster and the avalanche faithful. so sorry for those to... who
2: sorry for those who had bet
1: that had the
2: Colorado Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup
1: <laughs> they'll have to do it without them if they're going to defend that that cup title but anyway that just came across I saw as we were doing the show so I want to throw that out there uh, as we know the Vegas Golden Knights uh, up in uh, Seattle tonight to do battle again with the Kraken in the final game of the regular season uh, the Arizona Coyotes in action again tonight to uh, close out almost everybody is I believe almost every game ends tonight or tomorrow, right?
2: Yes, tomorrow's the end of the regular season. Most of the teams end the regular season tonight. There are still a few games like Col- Colorado's one of those teams that will have a game tomorrow back-to-back nights to finish the season. But, but yeah, for most teams, it does the regular season does end tonight.
1: Okay, so I said before we went to break that we were going to talk about the Pacific Division matchups. We talked about the three teams that didn't make it. Very unique in the Pacific Division uh, of the AHL because seven Seven teams, right, <laughs> uh, battle into the playoffs, and yep. the other three do not get in. Yeah, so it was se-
2: you- yeah, seven of nine, not- uh, seven of ten teams get in. Last year it was seven of nine teams, so uh, it's still the same amount of teams that get in, but now three teams are out of the picture. I mean, the Central Division has uh, five of their seven teams get in, five of the seven get in in the North and Atlantic. Six of the eight get in. So again, as I said at the beginning of the show, gives more teams an opportunity to get and for these young players to get playoff type games in. Um. So they, they do it that way instead of having less teams in at this level. So it's, it makes it more uh, exciting and that's why they do those best of threes. So they can, can, doesn't have to elongate it too much and just kind of basically another week of basically treat like another week of regular season hockey because it's like three games. So it's like, you know, and then, and then move on to the, the, the next round, uh uh, semifinals I guess it would be and that's 100%
1: correct except for one thing I mean this is it you play these three games if you were fortunate enough to finish in the top uh, four spots um, you're going to get home ice and that's going to mean a ton because uh, you've been there who wants to go to Colorado and play (laughs) I've been to Coachella Valley who wants to go to Coachella Valley and play three games to save your life and who wants to go to Abbotsford and play for your life
2: well, I'm sure San Jose Henderson and San Diego wouldn't mind it right now because they'd be playing some <laughs> playoff hockey. But right now, Tucson uh, is, is in the is in that spot for the seventh seed. And, uh, in fact, that's locked up. Tucson will, will end up in seventh. So uh, it's just a matter of whether they're going to play uh, Calgary or Coachella Valley in the first round.
1: And I have yeah. no idea who they'd prefer. But right now, <laughs> uh, that would be going to Coachella Valley, um, which, you know, for me personally, I would love to see that because then – it would be close for me to cover. Um, I'm sure they'd uh,
2: rather have that than have to go all the way up to Calgary.
1: I'm sure they would. Um, but anyway, that's the way it sits right now. So Calgary would get the bye if we were to end it all and everything stays the same. Uh, then the number two seed, Coachella Valley, would host Tucson. How about the three seed?
2: Yeah, right now the three seed is the Colorado Eagles with 86 points. Uh, they they are a point ahead of uh, Abbotsford at 85 points. So right now Colorado would take on the Ontario Rain at the sixth spot, but again, Bakersfield and Ontario are tied at seventy-four points, so they could still shuffle around depending on what happens this weekend. And I should mention, uh, this is important. So Bakersfield has two games at home against Coachella Valley, so you don't think those games aren't going to matter. Those, oh, those, and then, yeah. uh, and then Ontario is going to be a home with Henderson. They end their home schedule with Henderson Friday, and then they're at Henderson Saturday. Again, Henderson not. Not in the in the playoff picture, but they certainly can still have an impact on what happens with Ontario and whether they're gonna finish in sixth or in fifth, and I know that is motivated to Henderson it's, even since they've been eliminated, they've been kind of just saying that they just they they still have a lot to play for obviously for jobs and for the for pride and just and to have an impact on on maybe some of these other teams and where they can they can finish up so um so there's a couple of important games there, yeah so and then uh and then on yeah so. I mean, and then uh, Coachella Valley, you know, Calgary has a couple of games with Abbotsford this weekend. So they're at Abbotsford. So um,
1: so. Uh, there's a lot that can happen. And, and this is a part of uh, AHL hockey that I think a lot of people miss. If you're not a, a, a fan of AHL hockey, A, you should be. And if not, make sure you check with us because we've got you covered. I don't know if you've been to the website lately, Stephen, but uh, I got some great photos that we put up there about goaltenders and snow in the desert and. Uh, we're the snowiest division, I believe, uh, according to my camera. Uh, but well,
2: anyway, <laughs> oh, that kind of snow, I see, what you I see what you say there. Anyway, I was gonna say this this season, yeah, probably probably has been the snowiest uh, this <laughs> this winter season. I mean, it snowed in San Diego this year, for goodness sakes. I mean, when does it ever do that?
1: Yeah, uh, I was there. It did snow in the mountains, <laughs> <laughs> and then it was and weird. Then, Yeah, it was weird. I'm telling you, being down by the pool at yeah. 50 degrees and snow on the mountains above your head, that uh, was weird.
2: Yeah, I think I talked with Brian McCormick one time. I think they were in Colorado or in, in San Diego when it was during one of those snowstorms coming to and from there. I, I said, "I bet you didn't expect to go to San Diego uh, and it'd be some, be dealing with some snow, some snow on that drive there or, or there." And, and yeah, he said, "Yeah, well, that was kind of weird." But
1: <laughs> so, so let's reiterate again: uh, Tucson's locked in to the number seven spot. San Jose, Henderson, and San Diego are officially out, eliminated from the playoff play. But as you mentioned, uh, at five and six are 74 points each for Bakersfield and Ontario. At uh, three and four, Colorado's got 86 points, Abbotsford 85. And at the top, one and two, uh, Calgary has 104 points and Coachella Valley has 103 points. So if you think anybody's taking a night off uh, Friday or Saturday, that's probably not going to happen because it means a whole heck of a lot as far as uh, who you play and where you go. Like, for example, if you're – if you're the the four or five matchup right now, it would be Bakersfield traveling to Abbotsford. That I I don't care what they say; uh, it's still a difficult trip to go into Canada and come out of Canada. Um, it's better obviously than the pandemic, but it's still not easy, right?
2: Right. So so if that's the case, so would they they don't, would they want to drop to six then, and they have to play Colorado, or they got to hope that they can stay in five, and maybe that Abbotsford overtakes Colorado and. And they'll have to play at Colorado, so I mean, it's kind of a, the lesser of two eels. or I guess the travel wouldn't be so bad if it's Colorado than if it's Abbotsford. But um, you know, you also have to think about. Well, maybe you don't have to think about because you're just looking to survive and, and get and get advance to the next round. But but for us, we could do it because that's kind of what we do. We like to speculate, speculate. into the f- <laughs> Speculate into the future, and you look at potential second round matchups, and uh, you know, you look at. Uh, I believe it's I I don't believe it's a set bracket. I think it's it's a, it's just reseeded. So I think it's whoever's the highest plays the lowest left. But um, so you look at uh, Abbotsford, for example, is four. So I mean, if they would play the top the one seed in the next round, so um, and of course you're going to get arrested one seed, which maybe is good, maybe is bad. we talked about that? It was is it? Can you have an advantage there because you have already played some playoff games and you can get a tire uh, get a um a rusty. One seed, or, or you're just gonna feel a gauntlet. I mean, Calgary this year. I mean, they there was a 12, 13 games they didn't lose in regulation the last little bit here so to kind of get where they are. So, I I, I don't want to play that team. The goaltending they have, the, the firepower they have, it's a it's a well-oiled machine. And so is Coachella Valley, the, the top two teams. I think it's gonna come down to those two teams ultimately for the uh, Pacific Division. But not to say some other teams might might have uh, something to say about that. But uh, it just seems it's kind of trending that way. One versus two this year.
1: But we'll see that, and, you know. And by the way, uh, Calgary and Coachella Valley are the only two teams in the entire American Hockey League with uh more than 100 points. So, congratulations on that. You did mention uh, in the open that uh one Dustin Wolf, the excuse me, Wolf of Calgary, uh, did make his NHL debut last night, and got a win for the uh Calgary Flames. So, what does that mean for Dustin Wolf? Not this year because Calgary is obviously done, but for the Wranglers. Um, are they going to be losing their goaltender? And I saw a lot of talk about this, and I've said this before, Stephen. He is the quickest goaltender I've seen in 50-plus years of watching college and professional hockey. Um, I've never seen anybody quicker. Mark Andre was pretty quick, but Dustin Wolf is incredible. And I've taken tons of foot, uh, video and, and uh, pictures of him in different uh, goaltending positions, and Nobody gets up and down quicker and nobody sees the puck better than he does. And so is his height really a factor? Are they really going to keep him out of the NHL because he's not over six feet tall?
2: Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a lot of the goaltenders in the NHL do have that height uh, to him. You know what's strange about Dustin Wolf is that he's he's obviously a very good goaltender, but against Henderson this year it's he's actually he's actually in his career that goes back to last year with Stockton when they were Stockton he struggled against them it's like it's hockey is such it's like this in all the sports too but it's like you have somebody that's really good and you have a team that's really good but then there's like there's always one team or a player or somebody that's like has a number against somebody else and it's just kind of kind of strange like that but but ultimately Dustin Wolf is is a really good goaltender and and who knows? He might end up with with the Calgary Flames. There's going to be a lot of changes up there, I'm sure, uh, for next season. But uh, he's certainly somebody that can can perform up there. I mean, it's hard to say after one game. And they were playing San Jose, another team that's you know is basically out of the, you know they're they're not they're what they're they're not making the playoffs. They probably were playing a lot of their AHL guys too. So I mean, it's uh, their prospect guys. So I mean, it's it's hard to say after one game if he's going to be successful up there in the NHL, but um, you know he did get the win last night, so that that's exciting to get an w- NHL win. Uh, it's certainly something to to be happy about. But uh, he certainly is a really good AHL goaltender, and you know we saw what Logan Thompson did at the Silver Knights a couple of years ago, and you know he's really good. And now he's with the Golden Knights, although he's had some some injury stuff this year that's kind of kept him out most of the year. and And we'll see if what his health is going to be like when the playoffs start for the Golden Knights, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and we've seen Stuart Skinner go up with Edmonton. He was with Bakersfield, and now he's with Edmonton, and he's you, performed. To
1: Uh got a chance to yeah. uh, be on a Stanley Cup a championship team and got a Stanley and, Cup as far as and, uh, that that organization with and, Colorado.
2: And again, that's what it's about, that's what it goes back to. That's what it's about. It's about getting developing these players, and and it's interesting we're talking about goaltenders because sometimes that can be the toughest one to. Get up there because there's, there's less of them available, obviously, less spots. Because you know, you have what 12 forwards in a game, you have six defensemen, and then but there's only one goaltender that's in net, that and usually only one or maybe two if a team carries three that back up. So it's like, over the Golden Knights, maybe we'll have four, four that'll be <laughs> maybe rotating, <laughs> or through. half a dozen, or <laughs> eight, or whatever, yeah. or five that the Golden Knights went through this year, but uh, and then maybe three or four that they've gone through now in Henderson. But so they're getting a good look at all their goaltenders, I guess. But but yeah, I think it's uh goaltending is a, uh, is, is one of those things. It's, it, it has to be really, really good. And Dustin Wolf is there and maybe he will get an opportunity next year with the NHL team. But uh, again, we, we seen it with other NHL teams and their AHL teams. They're getting their opportunities up there. Stuart's skinners as I mentioned, Logan Thompson's up there now and, you know, he's had his opportunities and, and uh, you know, in AH, uh, San Jose I think too a little bit and Colorado as you mentioned. So, and now Tucson, and they called their guys up, uh, and they've gotten a couple of some games in up there, post putoff and stuff. So um, we'll see in Good. three years where all these guys are at, if they're still with the yep. AHL team or if a lot of them will be on NHL clubs, whether it's the, the teams that are with currently or they end up in another organization somewhere else.
1: Well, when you look at Aaron Dell at uh, no, San Jose. No, Aaron Dell's another uh, example, yeah. You know, he's a, a veteran uh, and playing a lot of uh, quality hockey for the AHL. So uh, – my advertisement, if you will, for the American Hockey League Pacific Division is there is so much talent. And I think the, uh, the standings and the points race tells you that, that nobody is really a clear cut winner, except, um, you know, San Diego and the, and the problems that they had this year, they just, you know, somebody every year is going to have one of those. And uh, this year with San Diego, it probably won't be next year. I watched them play again recently and, and in person and uh there's so much talent there, they just have to try to get it all together and when they when they seem to get it together, they um then somebody gets called up. they uh, their goaltender or somebody uh, that they really need gets called up. But they've made some acquisitions. Um you know who I'm talking about. And, Dylan and, Sakura and, and, they really them. in, and they really
2: did themselves and they really did themselves in there was a period I think where they didn't win a game in like eight or nine or ten straight games. Uh the, the uh during that part where they a lot of their guys were with the ducks and they didn't have and when they were injured and stuff. So that really probably did the, did the, uh, goals in.
1: I was just listening to a, uh, interview I did with uh, Roy Sommer, um, back at Christmas time in Tucson. And I remember him coming out of the locker room and he had his, uh, shirt and tie and his jacket off and it was just kind of in his t-shirt. And I said, Hey, do you want to do this interview? And, and he goes, sure. He goes, uh, uh, I'm exhausted. He said this was a lot of work, and it was when they finally got a win after that long stretch, and he said, you know, it's been really exhausting, but I still love what I do, and I love what's going on here in San Diego, and I think we can build something, but he said it really starts to wear on you when you have losing streaks like that. So, um, yeah, I saw it firsthand, Stephen. He was uh, he was bought in, and he was wore out trying to find ways to put everything together, but uh, I'm just thrilled at what we're going to see in the playoffs coming up. Um, in the Pacific Division, I think the entire American Hockey League is uh, is really good. But I think whoever comes out of the Pacific Division has a really good chance of winning the whole thing.
2: I think no doubt. I, I think no doubt because you look at the teams right now in the in the uh, Central Division, which is what the uh, is also part of the Western Conference of the uh, of the American Hockey League. And you've got Texas right now is at 30, ninety points. You've got uh, Milwaukee at eighty eight points. And Manitoba is at eighty-one points, and then you got two more teams that still have to qualify. Right now, Iowa is at seventy-six points, and Rockford is at seventy-five points. So, I mean, it's you look at the Pacific Division teams. You've got Calgary and Coachella Valley—one hundred four, one hundred three. I mean, the the team that's closest to that right now would be Hershey in the Atlantic Division at ninety-five points, and then you got Providence at ninety-four points. Uh, you don't think Providence <laughs> has probably haven't had a lot of movement this year with the Bruins as good as they've been, but uh, but yeah. And then you look at Colorado, eighty six points. So I mean, the third best team in the in the division, points wise, is almost as good to be the number one team in the Central Division, or just two points from being a, the top team in the North Division, or you know a few points you know in the, in the Atlantic Division. But uh, so I mean. I mean, yeah, I, I I certainly can see the, the argument where the best team uh, this year that's has the best chance to win is going to come out of the Pacific. I mean, last year we saw Stockton come out of the Pacific. They ended up playing uh, Chicago, and Chicago was really good last year. This year they've, they've struggled a little bit. Um, that just shows you that one year to the next it, it can go the other way. Well, the- let me
1: let me tell you why that happened for the Wolves this year was Have you looked at the record of the Blackhawks?
2: <laughs> yes. A lot
1: of those players are now up there um, battling and doing battle in the NHL. So, while yeah. it's a developmental league, it's also a league where you have to fill, and um, you know a lot of those players have moved up. So, not yep. totally surprised at that one.
2: Yeah, and that that just shows you how how it could change from one year to the next. But and then you know, so then they ended up losing to Chicago, who ends up winning the whole thing. But. So last year it came out of the Western Conference, the the winner of the of the uh, Calder Cup. So this year it could be that
1: again. Uh, and certainly if it's, I'm narrowing it down. It's going to be from the Pacific Division. So write it down right now. Go put your money on it. Caesar <laughs> Sportsbook. Get there, put your money on it, and uh, tell them that I sent you. Okay. Uh yeah, Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's just don't blame <laughs> me if it doesn't happen. <laughs> As Paul Hornstein, our, my longtime co-host on college hockey would tell me that whatever I say, do the opposite.
2: Yes, that's that, that is good advice. <laughs> that's good
1: advice. Okay. So what else you got? You got some uh, all-star or some all-rookie teams and stuff that you had that you want to talk about?
2: Yeah, the, uh, the 2022, 23 uh, first and second all-star teams were unveiled uh they were voted by uh AHL coaches, players and media in and each of the league's 32 member cities and uh, the first all-star team uh, no surprise here the goaltender Dustin Wolf from Calgary uh defenseman uh Darren uh, Radish uh, from Syracuse uh, Christian Wollan who's another great player for the Abbotsford Connect, great defenseman there uh forward Alex uh, Barry uh, Boulet from Syracuse uh forward Michael Carconi with Tucson, uh, MVP,
1: MVP. He, Can a, I just <laughs> start that chant now? MVP. Well, how about the
2: 60, 63 games played uh, out of the 70 that they've played this year so far, uh, 31 goals, 30, uh, 53 assists, 84 points, plus five rating, uh, 14 power play goals, five game winning goals.
1: <laughs> I mean, and that's... he's played some games in uh, the NHL too, by exactly.
2: the way. Exactly. He played some games in the NHL. And then the other forward, uh, Matthew Phillips, from the uh, Calgary Wranglers, that another
1: player. He he's a half point, but he's a player.
2: Sixty-four games for him played. Uh, Thirty-six goals, thirty-nine assists, seventy-five points, a plus seventeen rating, uh, ten power play goals, and fifteen winning goals. And then the uh, the second All Star team selections: goaltender uh, Joel Holfer from Springfield Thunderbirds, uh, defenseman Lucas Carlson Charlotte Checkers, uh, defenseman uh, Brogan Rafferty from the Coachella Valley Firebirds. He's a player. Yep. Yep, he's got fifty-one points, plus thirty-one rating, uh, in seventy games played. He's played in all of the Firebirds games. Uh, forward Trey Fix wolanski from Cleveland. Uh, forward another guy, Max McCormick, who's a he's the captain of the uh, Firebirds. He's he's a solid player. Another solid player. Yep, uh, sixty-seven points in sixty-nine games played. And then another guy who's uh, outstanding too, a forward, uh, T.J. Tynan from the Ontario Rain. Uh, seventy games played. Uh, out of seventy-two and seventy-nine points, uh, seventy-one assists. So, I mean, if you look at this one. I'm gonna do some counting here on air here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of the what? Twelve positions? What? Yeah, because there's five, six, and six. Seven. Uh, seven of the twelve all came from the Pacific Division teams. The, yeah. uh, the all-star selection strong.
1: There, so. The Pacific division is we're proud to cover it. So that's a, uh, that's a good thing. Two, there, from, a, two,
2: two from Calgary and two from Coachella Valley, one from Tucson and Abbotsford, Ontario represented. And so, yeah. So, and yeah. So, I mean, there you go. This shows you how, how good how, the, the star power that this division has to have six of the 12 all-star selection, Uh, the AHL second all-star team selections, not all-star game, but the all-star team selections, um, Came in from the uh, Pacific Division teams.
1: Do you also have the All Rookie Team in front of you? I just thought that was that came out too. Do you have that or no? Uh, I don't see that. Okay, I saw somebody tweeted it, so uh, you can you can find it. Uh, if I haven't retweeted it, I will uh, attempt to do. Oh, that. Oh, here it is: All NHL okay.
2: AHL All Star Rookie Team. Yes, I have that. Uh goaltender Brandon uh, Bussey, Providence Bruins. Uh, Riker Evans, defenseman from Coachella Valley. Uh, defenseman Jeremy uh, Poirier from Calgary, uh, forward Ethan uh, Frank from Hershey, uh, forward th- uh, Ty Cartry from Coachella Valley, and forward uh, Georgi uh, Georgie uh, Merkulov from Providence. So, a couple of Providence players in there, uh, Calgary player, and two Coachella Valley players. So, again, another another outstanding year for for rookies within Coachella Valley. So, the Seattle Kraken organizations, as well. Uh, well, uh, they've got the uh, They've got some good prospects in their system, and they have a really good team. Boy, does that does that sound an awful lot like the Vegas Golden
1: Knights about five years ago or so? But that's years ago?
2: but that's because it's only their second year, and they you know they're a new team still. So we'll see how <laughs> how it looks after two years. Uh, uh, let's mention this. Sound familiar? S- though, I got two yeah, questions yeah. for
1: you. Does that sound familiar well, to the Vegas Golden Knights and the Henderson Silver Knights uh, when they came into existence? It it, um, do- it does, and, and because they were able to pool a bunch of players. And then they started moving them around, and teams started to figure them out uh, a little bit to even things out. Yeah, but in I, fact, and a lot of those guys— is not a problem anymore.
2: And a lot of those guys, before Henderson was around, were in Chicago because Chicago was part of the affiliation, Chicago Wolves. And, and that was a really good team, and I think they won. Or I think they either won or they they got all the way to the final in the Call of the Cup. Oh, yeah, no, I think they got to the final loss to Charlotte, but in the Call of the Cup play in the playoffs. I think that was—so that was— uh, a really good season for them and and those guys and that was when they had a really good prospect pool. And we'll see what a few years from now, what Seattle, uh, if they, if they use some of those assets that they have now with some of these great prospects and, and stuff to get good players to try and, you know, Seattle here, here they are now in their second year, they're going to be in the playoffs. And so they're going to get a taste of Stanley cup playoff hockey now in just their second season. So, um, we'll see what, what, what they can do if they can make any sort of run and, and see if anything, they can see where they need to do. And if they're going to be aggressive, like, like Vegas has been the last few years since they got a taste of the Stanley cup final in the very first season kind of accelerated. I think their their little uh, pathway there, but I think you're right, but Seattle, Uh, maybe they've maybe even as accelerated there. I mean, they took them a year, but now second year they're in the playoffs and, and uh, we'll see. But uh, how about uh, speaking of uh, Seattle, Joey Decord uh, got us. What a cool story. That was Uh, Joey Decord, of course, the, Great goaltender out of
1: Arizona State. You were gonna bring that up, weren't you? I just knew you were gonna bring that up.
2: Go well, ahead. well, he, he the the Kraken went to Arizona to play at the uh, the best
1: uh, NHL environment in the NHL, the Mullet Arena, <laughs> and uh, and okay, stop right there. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Seattle Kraken. You know I love you guys, Dave Haxtell. You know I love you as well. But what are you thinking? You you go to to play a back to back. And one of the games is in Mullet Arena in, in Arizona against arguably one of the worst teams in the league. You call up Joey Decord on a, a recall, emergency recall. You bring him there, you show him the building, you show him all this stuff, you, uh, you start Philip Grubauer. Okay, I get it. You're trying to win hockey games, you think that's your best option, go do it. But then your next night, you're battling the Vegas Golden Knights in Vegas and you decide, oh, no, we're not going to start Grubauer. Now we're going to start Joey Decord. Why not flip him around? I know you're not into this for for uh, sentiment and stuff like well, that, but come on, man. I, I mean, wouldn't it only make sense? It's just like everybody I, thought that that was going to happen. I, I, Joey I, Decord when, is going to
2: start in Arizona. When I saw that news come about, I was like, I know why they're doing this because they're going to start Joey DeCord and, and get a, yeah. he gets a chance to play a game at Mullet Arena as an NHL yes. player. It's the unique circumstances Everybody, around all that.
1: There were people, Steve, me and myself, that were told that was going to happen. So I don't know if it was just like, "Oh yeah, you think you guys know everything? Well, we'll fix you." But then we'll throw a loop into it.
2: But then, but then, the the other part of this. Okay, so he doesn't start the game. So then, it, cracking end up being up four to one against you said Arizona, and there's about a minute or so left. And what happens? One sixteen. One sixteen. They do. They they pull. Uh, they pull Grubauer, and they let the let the cord be in the net for one sixteen. And I don't even know if didn't he even faced shot. Didn't even face it. Maybe he didn't even no. see a shot in that final sixteen. But at least he got to be in the net. He got to be. The, got a good reception from the from the crowd. That I'm sure ASU okay. people and stuff. And, I, and,
1: I, I, okay, I get all that. No, no, <laughs> I, I know. What I don't. It is, I, Why do you start on you. the next night no, in Vegas? I, I'm
2: with you. Well, I mean, I'm with you. If you if you didn't start him the start of the game. You know why I, I like that they, they put him in at that point, but I'm just thinking you should have just started him. I mean, what exactly? Because then you would have had Grubauer on the, <laughs> the, the Vegas for game, Tuesday, yes. But then, but the, I think part of it was they also had to play Thursday against Vegas, so maybe playing Grubauer Monday and then they take their chances with Tuesday no, that, back that's... to back in Vegas, and then they'll have Grubauer. On a, maybe an extra day of rest in there to play him on the Thursday what, game, whatever. That's the final home game of the season. That's horse the only on thing I can think of was because the fact that that they had to play you got Tuesday a day
1: off Tuesday
2: in you... Vegas, and then there was the Thursday game. So if they played Grubauer Monday, he'd have Tuesday. He had about a minute sixteen of the Monday game. Then he has the Tuesday and Wednesday. That's two full days, and then they
1: play Thursday. And that way but they they're can play in at home, and this is right before the start of the playoffs. Exactly. On, so they man, get Grubauer no a chance. Sense.
2: to instead of having Grubauer play Tuesday and Thursday and there's one less day in no. between that so you,
1: you need if Grubauer's your number 1 he needs to play against Vegas there and against him at home and we'll find out we'll find out if it's a good decision tonight depending on whether Seattle or Vegas wins but we, but we don't anyway. even know
2: what the what the goaltending situation for Seattle is going to be there's still some guys that are trying to get back from injury or something in the in
1: when it comes to the goaltending there in Seattle so we
2: don't even know what that's going to be like
1: We truly do not. All I know is it's been a fun, exciting first show. It's going to get better by each and every show. So we hope everybody's tuning in and listening as the playoffs get underway and things even really heat up in the summertime. As we mentioned, so many things to talk about in the American Hockey League. So we are your source for uh, the Western, not the Western Division, Western, the Pacific Division of the Western Conference of the AHL. Uh, We'll be here at the Pro Hockey West Report. Take it away, my friend.
2: From the Tag Creative Group Studios, this has been the Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota. The Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search for T-Gran Rudd, that's T-G-R-A-N-R-U-D, on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com, whether you play on ice, in line, or on deck. Uh, Caesars uh, Sportsbook app, play responsibly. At the only app that earns you Caesars rewards points. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly in Tempe, Pinetop, and Queen Creek. Order online at TheSpaghettiShack.com. Topgolf, go to Topgolf.com to set up your next business meeting or group outing at our sports bar and restaurant. Jets Pizza, since 1978. Better pizza, because it has to be. Find one of over 400 locations near you at jetspizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world, caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report is live every week on the Podbean app. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Help others find it at ITHSW Podcasts. All one word. That's ITHSW Podcast, All one word on your favorite podcast platform. The Pro Hockey West Report, presented by Toyota, is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network.
1: Welcome aboard, folks, as we uh, continue on with the AHL uh, Pacific Division coverage on the Pro Hockey West Report. We'll say good night, little Roger Klein, the Peacemaker's Hello, New Day. Good night, everybody.